Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense, dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Michael. And I'm Shane. Welcome to episode 73, G1 Climax 1992. The second annual G1 Climax? Everyone loves a good Climax. Hmm, alright. Well, uh... I like his better this time. (laughs) This is gonna be a great one. This is G1. (laughs) Very good. Like it. <laughs> it's a thinker. Mm, yeah, that's what I'm known for. A thinker. The G1 Climax was a five-day tour produced by New Japan Pro Wrestling with a 16-man tournament for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. It would run from August 6th to August 12th in 1992 from multiple locations, all running between 11 and 12,000 people. Damn. But all the matches that we're going to cover, that we'll see in our videos, came from the Rigoku Gogukikan in Tokyo, Japan. Could you imagine if the G1 this year, who know, well, this year or last year, and in the last 10 years plus, was the August 6th to the 12th? Yeah. As opposed to, like, a month and a half long? <laughs> I'm not talking trash, because no, that's my favorite thing that happens every year is the G1, like as far as wrestling goes, but it's, everything stops. I don't read, I don't it, watch it, anything it else. A it gets, to, it gets like, to a bit of a grind, but it is like, you know, it's the most consistent wrestling you're going to get, you know, in a month's period of time, any given year. And I imagine it was like that in 1992 as well. I mean, they weren't taking days off to do multi-man tags between... Between matches, they were just yeah. single match. They also got to do next it day. A single few days. match. Yeah, next yeah. day, mm-hmm. single match. Wow, it wasn't a whole month of a match every every other day. Yeah, or uh, Will Ospreay's being in every tournament <laughs> of, of 2019. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So we're off in Tokyo, Japan. What did you bring for us this week, Shana? Oh, Tokyo. Well. As I mentioned last week, sometimes it's it's difficult to find everything that I need for these things. Uh, while alcohol is very easy to find in Oklahoma, I could not... Not a dry state. No, definitely not a dry state. We love our alcohol. Yeah. Although we could just finally start buying wine in our our stores just almost a year ago. And, it's you know, great. It's turned me into a wine mom. flavored beer. Never a wine guy. As opposed to that... Three two nonsense that they put everybody through since prohibition. If you drink liquor, you don't have to worry about that three point two. <laughs> My dad always called it when we moved here from California. He called it piss beer. It's like you spend more time pissing it than you do drinking it. I was like, sure whatever, man. I don't know. I'm ten. <laughs> whatever you say. Well, I had originally planned to find a food item because, again, I love my food. You don't want to treat us to sushi. 
I contemplated it. I mean, I would have thrown down. I was, I was going I to. I mean, we got 26 of these G1 climaxes. I feel like we're going to be gonna back get to, to Japan at some point. There we go. See? See? It's good to start with alcohol then. Yeah, I had attempted to, uh, to, to procure what are known as monkey brains, but the, the place that I like to get them from apparently closed down. Thank you. What Thank is you a monkey, what's a monkey brain? It is, at this place, it's basically like a spring roll that they deep fry, and then they'll slice it kind of sushi style and uh, top it with spicy tuna and crab with some green onions. So it's like um, a dirty sushi roll. Pretty much. Real greasy boy. Yes. Sounds great. But unfortunately, Hero is not my hero today. R.I.P. possibly not anymore, because, yeah, it looked like they were completely shut down, shut down. So... Thank you, 2020, for taking away everything that I like. You took away my monkey brains. <laughs> and that's where Shane lost it. Exactly. I mean, you grow up as a kid watching Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, you, you get a, a craving for monkey brains. And that was my favorite Indiana Jones. Totally off topic there, but... I don't know if that's what my reaction to <laughs> was. Uh, I mean, that's why I, that was why it was my favorite as a kid, because that movie's gross, and they pull somebody's heart out, so like, that's, but it's definitely not the best thing. God, Jones so, since I couldn't get the monkey brains that I was hoping for, I decided to uh, twist up and mix up some, uh, what they call, Tokyo tea. It is very similar to a Long Island iced tea, only it has a... Uh, a little Tokyo twist to it, I guess. Um, there's some tequila, there's some vodka, there's rum, there's gin, there is some triple sec. It's yeah. not just vodka. Yeah. yeah. Big, uh, little twist in big Tokyo. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> this one normally would have a, a melon liqueur, like a Midori or something, but I didn't want to buy a big-ass bottle of Midori <laughs> because I didn't see myself really drinking these much, but... It's actually so we put a southern enjoyable. twist on it with, yeah. with a water. We used a a watermelon Captain Morgan shot. Uh, oh, that's why it's so boozy. I thought you used like the watermelon margarita mix. I was like no. taking this thing straight to the head. But yeah, it's it's light, it's fruity, it's watermelony, uh, it's pink instead of green. But you know, I'm I ain't mad about it. Got a nice little lemon garnish pink in there. Ranger and... was always my favorite one. I mean, yeah, agreed. <laughs> Normally, I don't like melon-flavored stuff. Really? Like, I like melon, but I don't like melon flavor. I, last time I went to the, um, like, Cow Win, which is, like, a local uh, Asian supermarket, I got a melon, like, soda in a can, and it was incredible. <laughs> it was, like, you know... That would be harsh. Green melon-flavored crap. It was delicious. Like, my niece last year... If I had the can, we could have just used that. It would have probably been perfect for this. For her daughter's <laughs> it birthday. Been, it would have been the triple sec and the and the Midori at the same time. My niece last year for her daughter's birthday did a, a whole watermelon theme, and she made a watermelon punch using basically like and got those kids boozed watermelon. <laughs> that one I could handle. I, I didn't know if I could just because it was the thought of drinking just watermelon juice, but oh, this Tokyo tea, I'm... This I'm is, gonna enjoy uh, sipping on this. Yeah, this is nice. If we start, um, you know, slurring, yeah, because you, you, uh, you know why? Yeah, because it's a bigger twist in Little or Tokyo. <laughs> but it's a hundred and three degree day out, so uh, a nice little frosty cocktail here is I have not much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we're all enjoying those drinks, we'll also talk about a movie oh. that would win Best Picture and Best Director would be released the same weekend as this tournament. Mm. Unforgiven. Mm. 
Unforgiven 2, Old Man Logan. For you comic book fans out there. <laughs> like Metallica? What? One, <laughs> one of the best modern westerns? Yes. Yeah, I haven't uh, watched this movie in forever, but, I mean, it's, it's Unforgiven. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's not it's not a movie you watch and like, and it just leaves you, and you're just like, oh, that was fine, and you forget about it. No, no one's gonna be like, have you seen Forgiven? And you're like, I don't know, I don't know if I maybe I have. It's like, no, you you know the answer. It's either if you've seen it, you you know that you saw it. Yeah, and if you haven't, then I might talk to you later, but probably not right now. Yeah, get on it. You guys, Western this- fans, you big Western fans. I'm hit and miss with westerns, or I should say, westerns are hit and miss with me. Yeah, um, I'm, I am mean, more most, than I should be, considering most my typical westerns taste. are that way. Yeah, yeah. But I mean I'm that's like, true. There's a lot of westerns, but we're talking about like you know your your Clint Eastwood westerns and uh, basically your Clint Eastwood westerns and you know the ones that Clint Eastwood was in, like the, <laughs> like the that's the thing. Yeah, the, your spaghetti Clint Eastwood, early Clint Eastwood movie, you know westerns, the man with no name. name, yeah, Outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah. Um, uh, what's the I one I like a lot? Get into Pale Rider? Is it Pale Rider? What's the one where he goes to the town and he just and it says like "Welcome to Hell" and like red on the sign? That literally could be any question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, yeah, they're all good. I, I mean, am, come on, Blazing Saddles. Westerns, I have to be in the mood because like one of my like close friends that we share a lot of the same uh, like you know likes loves westerns, and sometimes I can put one on and I'm just not not here for it. And sometimes I'm like all in. It's like a it's a mood thing because like all good westerns are uh, slow. The less talking, the better. <laughs> like yeah. there's one called Slow West. Oh, I've seen that. Is that's an an another modern, modern excellent one. film. But the title tells you mm-hmm. what you need to know. What you need to know about this movie. Yeah. It is a slow burn, but it is very very good. I think I do prefer a lot of times your modern. Or I guess. Proposition isn't a modern western, but it's a kind of a western. But uh, or Hell or High Water it would be more of a. That is. But a, that's also just a bank robbery movie too. Yeah, yeah. So like, but yeah, but like when it's just a straight western, it's a little bit harder. I normally prefer the 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 Japanese movie that they ripped off than I do the western because you know, I I like Seven Samurai more than I like Magnificent Seven. I like. Yo Jimbo more than I like uh, was it Fistful of Dollars the one where he spins the bottle at the beginning I typically align more with those movies and westerns are just samurai movies with guns maybe I just like swords I don't know maybe I'm a sword guy but I grew up watching John Wayne films that was my dad's favorite I've never seen a John Wayne movie like grew up watching westerns all the time and so I absolutely love them I mean I was named after Shane the Oh really? Yeah. I mean I that's Shane, great. Shane, Shane, come back, Shane. Shane. Mom needs yeah. you. Yeah. But I, if I heard even that if forever, but even I've if you don't know watch the movie. Yeah. If you don't you haven't seen it? No. Oh, that's fine. I had to read the book in high school and yeah. I didn't care. If you don't like Westerns, you should or you if you don't know whether you like Westerns or not, watch this one. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it it's that's a that's you. yeah, yeah, then you probably don't like movies in general. But uh, you can like, just... And if you like Western and horror films, watch Bone Tomahawk. Oh, yeah, if you're a disgusting a... nihilist like I am, watch maybe. What? Bone Tomahawk. <laughs> okay. Great movie. So yeah. wait, is Django I... considered a Western? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, it's I all, I mean, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, Western, so it's like, but... oh, it's a bunch of exploitation movies that nobody saw, 
but through his through his lens. Yeah. Let's head off to some wrestling here. So we're going to cover the final three matches of the G1 Climax. You can find edited videos of most of the matches from the tournament. So like even some of the first round matches that we're not going to cover here. Wait, you mean we could have watched Barbarian versus Super Strong Machine and we I didn't? I believe you could. Oh, okay. Um, you can find a bunch of those on Daily Motion. If you have New Japan Pro Wrestling World, the final is actually on there in both English and Japanese commentary. But we were lucky enough to be able to find a, basically a video DVD set that had all of the complete matches for us to watch. But we just decided to watch the final three, so we're not covering like 17 dozen matches that are all going to go. The last three is the important thing. Exactly. But who all was in this tournament, Matthew? So the 92 G1 Climax would feature... Such wrestlers as Arn Anderson, Killer, Steve Austin, Killer, Kiji Muto, Killer, Barry Windham, we like him, Masahiro Chono, <laughs> Killer, Tony Hame. I think we saw him once. Yeah, I think we liked him. He, he was the. I think I liked him. You liked him quite a bit. Yeah. Scott Norton. Wait, is this the world's strongest man, Scott Norton, or is that a different? I don't think he ever had the world's strongest man. I'm trying to remember, why is that name? Flash Flash Norton from NWO times. Okay. Scott Flash Norton. Bam Bam Bigelow, Kenzuki Suzuki. Sasuke. Sasuke, thank you. Jim Neidhart. He's over in Japan at this point. That's cool. Hiroshi Hase. Terry Taylor. Shinya Hasamoto. The Barbarian. And Super Strong Machine. One more. And Rick Rude. I put the and in the wrong spot. It's all good. I got you. So, and this was a single elimination tournament. Yeah. So, like, literally each day there would be a couple matches. It's basically set up like the like New Japan Cup is now. Exactly. Kind of idea. Quick question from both of you. Mm-hmm. Of all these names, what match do you want to see the most? Like, that we didn't... They, you know, Matt, out of ones we didn't... Like, things we didn't watch. Like, and maybe this didn't happen at all. But I just see those first two names, and I'm like... I want to see Arn and Steve in that Japan. That was the first round match. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, is it the two of them against each other? Yeah, yeah. that's what? awesome. It was the one WCW versus WCW matchup that there was. In the I mean, tournament. there's a lot of things, but those two Do names next won? to each other, I'm like... Oh. Uh, Steve Austin won. Okay. That's cool. Good on you, Arn. Yeah. I-, I would love to see Hiroshi, Hase, and Arn Anderson. Yeah. Those are, two my, those are two of my favorites. So. Yeah. I mean, we became huge Hase fans uh, pretty recently where we were like... Uh, was he one of the ones that was wrestling the Steiners, or was that... The, it was the Hase-Anoki match that where we lost our shit about. I mean, he's we've seen Hase on the two super shows, but he also was in the tag team tournament. Okay. He was one of the Japanese gentlemen in the, okay. at That's Great American name. Bash. But like I said, we're only going to cover the two semifinal matches and the final match. So the first match we're going to cover is Ravishing Rick Rude with Medusa. Versus Kenzuke Sazaki in a semifinal match. And we haven't seen Sazaki since Super Show number one, which was episode 55. Even in Japan, Rude takes the mic. Oh, cut the music. Racial slur. Puny. <laughs> Out of shape. 
Yeah. Slant oh, okay. sleeve. I wasn't bags. sure if you were going to say it. It's not like a racial slur, but it's. I'm it's, quoting it's, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. No, I had to rewind that just to make sure that I heard what I heard. Oh, I mean. Because I was waiting for fat out of shape, and then I heard puny out of shape. I'm like, wait, all right, he's mixing something up here. Mm hmm. Yeah. But the fans are booing. Oh, of course. So loud. There's the entire thing. Medusa and Rude then hug before the Ravishing One helps her out of the ring. Yeah, I do like that that, uh, Medusa and Rick Rude relationship is very mutual. Whereas, like, Sherry's is either she's being crazy or, like, somebody's mistreating her. Or even, like, Miss Elizabeth is, like, that's the, that's the, the magic is that, like, it's like, Randy's a little rough. But, like, for him being, for them both being great heels, like, the fact that their relationship is, like, good and portrayed that way, I think is pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So the match is back and forth to start. Kanzuke hits an atomic drop, followed by a bear hug. Rude then goes for a crossbody, only for Suzaki to catch him to deliver a body slam and a snap suplex. Backbreaker from Kanzuki applies a sharpshooter. And Rude starts tapping. Oh, no, I guess it just really hurts. It's not quite steamboat levels of uh, tapping. But see, that was the glory of this time back then, was tapping wasn't really a thing. They didn't have MMA, so they didn't... The tapping it wasn't as much as of a much. thing, for sure. But also, in Japan, the reps are always a little bit more... Uh, or at Brilliant. least a little bit more laxed, because in Japan, it's a sport. All right, speaking of refs... Damn it. Is this not the shortest ref, like, ever? Was it not Tiger Hattori? It's Tiger Hattori, isn't it? I don't know. This, this is I my thought. first Yeah, I, thought, I, I know that he's a, he refs at least... I know he watched least, three matches. He, he probably did all the ref for the ah, last he, match. He looks like yeah. he's barely four and a half feet tall standing next to... Well, I mean, these are big guys. These two. Right. And, uh... Yeah, I, that's, that's the part... You'd think yeah, Rick, Rick Rude like, said puny for a reason. Yeah, I just kept, like, <laughs> locked in on... He's so little. He's but it, so little. I don't. I mean, I know Tiger Hattori refs two of these matches at least, so yeah. I, he might have done all three. But I it's Tiger Hattori. Come on, it's Tiger Hattori. Tiger Hattori. I don't, I don't know. It's my first Japan show. I mean, so. it's not saying he's not short, but I don't know people. He's got that. He's got a face. Learn your Japanese, jeez. Uh, I'm learning. Says right Matt. Now. I say, <laughs> trying to pronounce these names. My drink. Yeah, Kansuki Sasaki. Come on now. <laughs> So you can see Dusty Rhodes and Cowboy yeah. Bill Watts mm-hmm. in the front row. Yeah. What, at first, I, I saw Bill Watts first, and I was like, oh, Bill Watts in a pink polo. And then a few minutes later, I was like, oh, yeah, there's Dusty. And they're Actually, both... Hiro Matsuda's there, too, but he's yeah. kind, of, kind of blocked off a little bit by... But they are, like, very obvious as these, you know, big, fat white guys. Yeah. And uh, they're also watching very intently. Like, you can see Dusty leaning forward and just, like, really studying the match the whole time. They it's pop cool. later on the show. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So I didn't notice them right away. It took me I almost saw, through the majority of this match before I actually, like, yeah. my eyes caught them. If it wasn't for that pink shirt, it might have taken a second, but I was like, oh, Bill Watts. And then I was like, oh, okay, a few minutes later, I, I caught Dusty right next to him. I don't know how I missed him in the first place as soon as I saw Bill Watts. but The Ravishing One makes it to the ropes to break the sharpshooter, but Suzaki stays on the offense, pulling Rude over into a Boston Crab now. Kanzuke lets it go and switches to a reverse chin lock, sitting on his back, just yanking back on the chin. Oh, yeah. Hardcore. Get it in deep. This After- is a semifinal, damn it. <laughs> After Suzuki releases the hold, Rude makes his way to the ropes to force Suzuki 
to back off and the Ravishing One capitalizes with a knee to the gut and a clothesline before doing some gyrating, but the back is hurting. I, I love that about Rick Rude. Anyways, always selling something, some kind of injury. Rude's wearing down Suzaki with a headlock, only for Kanzuke to drop the Ravishing One with a back suplex to escape. Suzaki goes for a jumping elbow drop, only for Rude to move out of the way, then kick Kanzuki out to the floor and follows out to Irish whip him into the guardrail from very hard. <laughs> Back on the apron, the Ravishing One goes for a vertical suplex, but Suzaki floats over and lifts Rude up onto his shoulders for an electric chair slam. Kanzuki charges into the corner only to receive a big boot, and then the Ravishing One goes up to the top rope, coming off with a missile dropkick for a two count. Our first flight of the night. Rude then locks on the trap, trap hold. <laughs> Begins pounding away with forearms, but Suzaki is able to apply a sleeper, only for the Ravishing One to escape with a jawbreaker. And we get a 15-minute time call, as all of these matches are 30 minutes long. I thought you were going to say a 15-minute trap hold. <laughs> no. No, they're not. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't that. Yeah. Uh, give me a reverse chin lock any day. No trap holds, please. Rude starts throwing double throat thrusts, choking Kazuke, and goes for an Irish whip that is reversed, and Suzaki hits an inverted atomic drop that the Ravishing One sells like a champion. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I wrote down. Rude going old school with dramatics. Extra, yeah. extra, extra hard. He sell, I said he sells, <laughs> my mind said he sells like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, he also does a, a, like a little dick flex. Yeah. That I was like, all right, I know you do the hip thing, but this is... A step too far, Mr. Rude. Face plant by Kazuke shoves Rude multiple times hard into the turnbuckle before hitting a dropkick, a bulldog, and a Saito suplex for a two count. Power slam for a near fall by Suzaki, and he goes up to the top rope, only for the Ravishing One to meet him there and hit a superplex for the pin, no. and no! Kazuke kicks out. But Rude then hits a body slam, Heads up to the top to deliver a flying knee drop. Decides to hit one more for the pin and, and the win. win. I do love that it's like, oh, he's going to do it again? Well, this match isn't over. Yeah, he could. It's a smart thing to do. Everybody's going to assume that, you know, when they go for it twice, it typically comes back to bite them. It's true. So we're off to our second match. Keiji Muto versus Masahiro Chono. In another semi-final match. Now, if you remember, last year at the 91 Climax, these two men met in the final. Uh, smart bugging, guys. Come on. That's what you're supposed to do. So the match gets going with a quick slap, a snapmare, and a kick from Chono to send Muta to the ropes, only for him to bounce off with a forearm to Masahiro. We get some solid mat wrestling and arm work from Kiji and Control, with moments of Chono getting in some work as well. The two are back to their feet and go into a test of strength, which they turn into a series of roll-ups for pins back and forth. Oh yeah, I was trying to keep count. I could not. <laughs> I got four and then just question a series of question marks. So how many pin attempts was this? It was wild. Well, I literally went, and then a jackknife pin, and then, and a, and then a reverse, mm -hmm. and, and yeah. it's like... No. 
Nope, we're just gonna. Yeah. I can't describe all the ways they did <laughs> yeah. pins. A in litany this. of uh, of pin attempts. Exactly. Yeah, this match is definitely definitely off to a hotter a hotter start than the. Uh, well, it's got the it's, first it's got the reason to be too. Yeah, I mean, if you're picking off where you you left off last year, you gotta jump right back into the fire. But yeah, that. And the, I mean, chances are these guys haven't had a singles match against each other since then. The first match was a little, yeah. a little too slow and grounded for me. This one, you had a, a little bit of that fast-paced intensity that I was needing to, yeah. to kick me up. I'm all down with mat wrestling when it moves. I'm not yeah. down with five-minute trap holds. Nope. You can, that's like, yeah, that's not mat wrestling. That's uh, a rest hold. That's UFC in 1993 or whatever year it started <laughs> when it was boring as fuck. You got me. I only like <laughs> fake fights. <laughs> Muta hits a dragon screw leg whip, a snap mare, a snap elbow drop, and a half crab before changing into the Muta lock. But Masahira escapes by raking Kiji's eyes. A back suplex by Muta that sends Chona out to the floor. And once they're back in, Kiji stays on the offense with a pile driver, goes for a handspring back elbow. Only for Masahiro to move, so Muta jumps up to the top rope, coming off with a crossbody for a two count. I mean, you know, Great Muta's got moves. A few of them. Yeah. I just love that he missed, like, a signature move, but was like, oh no, like, you're not getting away from me that easy. We've met before, <laughs> but you're not ready for this crossbody. Another back suplex, a backbreaker, and Kiji goes up for the moonsault. Only for Chono to move, but Muta lands on his feet and jumps back up to the top rope, coming off with another crossbody for a near fall. He's just kind of got it like that. Masahiro rolls out to the floor to gather himself, only for Kiji to come flying over the top rope with a plancha, which Chono moves out of the way, so Muta falls straight to the floor. <laughs> it's kind of like, bam. It's yeah. like, ooh. Yeah. I went he like, Yeah, he like basically hits his back of his head on the apron as he's falling out. And see, around here is where I had to stop taking notes because it was too difficult to pay attention to what was happening on the TV without any sort of commentary as I'm trying to write stuff down because I kept feeling like I was missing, missing something. Missing something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, screw it, I'm just going to go The pause memory. button becomes your, fan, your, your friend. Like, I always do it on a desktop, so it's just like, space bar. <laughs> the space bar is my friend. Masahiro goes for a flying clothesline off the apron, but Kiji sidesteps him to send him face first to the floor. Back in the ring, Muta comes off the top with a missile dropkick, a running face plant, another pile driver, and a bridging German suplex, all for two counts. And I love the the funk style, like pile yeah, like the sit out pile driver. Is that kind of yeah. what it is? I guess it's a sit out. You mean you. Falling. You fall on your butt backwards. Yeah. So, you know. But I, there's something just dirty about those. And you don't get them enough, but, you know, you get them from OKM. So that's go That's always nice to see. Kiji applies an octopus hold and turns it into an Oklahoma roll pin attempt. And once they're back to their feet, Masahiro starts firing up with an Insiguri and locks on the octopus hold himself. But Muda powers out. Don't forget the headbutts. Insiguri, headbutts. Octopus hold. Kiji goes back to an ab stretch, but Chono collapses to the mat to escape and then locks on an ab stretch of his own before rolling it over for a two count. Yeah, that's like he does the ab stretch and then rolled into the yeah. two count. It's an interesting. It looks good. 
Masahiro goes up to the top rope, coming off with a double axe handle, but Muta catches him with a drop kick on the way down. The two men both attempt drop kicks at the same time, and Kiji with a snapmare applies a dragon sleeper, but Chono is able to slip out. Masahiro with a back suplex and goes for multiple big boots, but Muda keeps blocking them, but finally is able to connect, only to try for one too many, and Kiji connects with a dropkick, a snapmare, and goes to the top for a moonsault. But again, Chono moves and locks on the STF. And the Chono kicks, like, he does like 10 kicks. He yeah. just like keeps kicking, and he has a very specific kick that I don't know anybody else has. It's, it's, it's weird, but it's like specific to him and it's cool. But like my notes, like with kick X2, X3, and it's just like crosses out of the numbers <laughs> up to like, I think I got up to like seven. You just, cause normally you're like, oh yeah, they kick them three times. Like there's, there's numbers of amount. There's like a numbered time, you know, moves like that get done typically. But this one is a prime number. It's not too common. <laughs> Muta crawls his way to the ropes to break the hold, so Masahiro goes back to the kicks. But Kiji catches him with a drop kick again. More kicks and drop kicks. Several more times between the two. They set it up just a minute ago. He had the return for the kick this time. Literally after each one, yes. they have to recompose themselves. And, they do and it then again. they just do it all it's, over again. It sounds like it sucks. It doesn't suck. It's awesome. Yeah, it's Like this segment incredible. right here is the reason why you need to watch this match because yeah. me talking about it, it does, doesn't do it justice. will not do it justice. It's like, yeah, he set it up with those kicks earlier and then now Keiji Muto's like, all right, well, you, I got I got something to return. And then they just one-two it up. In, it's kind of like your chop battle almost yeah. where it's like, okay, who's the, who's the better man here as opposed to, you know, a brawl. It's more of like an honorable, like, Fuck you. Let me take you to the limit. Muda goes for one more drop kick, which Chona sidesteps. <sighs> applies the STF. No. For the submission. <sighs> and the win. But, not all is lost here. In Japan, wrestling's a sport. So there's respect. Lots of respect between the two. Yeah, I mean, the men, they're, they're the men shake of, hands. They're part uh, of the three musketeers. And raise the arms, yeah, but you know. Who's the third musketeer then? Shinya Hasamoto. Okay. Yeah, That's what uh, we see him later yeah. in this next match. B- big boy swift kicks. That's right. Which leads us right into our third match. <laughs> Ravishing Rick Rude with Medusa versus Masahiro Chono in the finals of the G1 Climax Tournament. Stop the music. <laughs> for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Or as we like to call it, the big gold. gold. That's right. Root, of course, gets it's on the large, mic to remind gold. all of the fans that they are puny, mm. out of shape, okay, nothing happening, nymphs. Much okay. better than the first. Mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bill Watts probably was like, eh, "Slant eye." We want to come back next idea. year. I mean, yeah. The uh... but the crowd gets loud with the booze for the oh, ravishing yeah. one. And Chono, when he comes out, is that place is Pop like, City. He's the man. Rocking. 
We, we also get, get the U.S. national anthem. We get the national anthem for each country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. It, and it, streamers. We haven't talked about it yet, but I, I, I have love, that written down. I love 80s, 90s streamers. Now you don't see them. I mean, you don't see them in New Japan. I'm sure you see them in Japan. I Ring of Honor is the only place I see them now. Yeah, I've yeah. seen them in um, Dardom, but I haven't watched a lot of Stardom. But, uh, so I don't know if it's a Joshi thing in Japan now or if it's just like smaller promotions. I'm sure New Japan was like, hey, Cut it out. We don't have time to clean this up yeah. anymore. Like, I'm sure that that's what it is now. But streamers are fun, and uh, I like them. Well, that's good to know. I, I had that written down, too. You know, all the fucking streamers. Is this still a thing? Because, again, this is my first time to Japan yeah. for, for it, the, the G1. It is a thing. It's not a thing in New Japan at the moment like no. anymore, but it's still a thing in, in Japan. I've seen it on, like I said, Joshi shows, but that's about it. So now that's it's just fun. more of a special occasion instead of... Or maybe it's just a smaller... Thing. Those people grew up now and didn't pass it on. Yeah, or maybe they were just like, just do this for the ladies' matches. <laughs> but this match has a 60-minute time limit. Yeah, it's the final. They're so, going to take it to the limit. Over the top. Mm-hmm. So Rude starts taunting Masahiro before the bell rings, slaps him, but Chono comes right back with a back body drop and multiple clotheslines. Is about to deliver another when the Ravishing one flare flops in the middle of the ring. So Masahiro does some gyrating while Rude rolls out to regroup. Take that, you wide eyed hot dog eating American. It's funny seeing Chono. <laughs> it was funny seeing Chono do some personality out there. Yeah, he's like, I heard your promo the other night. Yeah, see, the only time I've seen Chono is years from now, years from this show, I should say, when he makes a little stint in the NWO or yeah. something. Was that the like Yakuza gimmick? time because he does like a you know nwo like, japan just basically just kind of took whoever wanted to come over and they yeah i don't know you you guys know more about that than i do for sure uh, but I, I, just, I was just curious for for i don't know 20 something years every now and then eric bischoff's voice will creep into my head and i'll hear the words masa my hero chono <laughs> <clears throat> So uh, I was excited to see him actually yeah, wrestle because I mean, back then he just kind of stood in the ring and looked pissed off. Yeah, they didn't they didn't use him to uh, his ability. Also, he was like, "Well, why would I work this hard in front of these wide-eyed hot dog guzzling Americans who aren't going to be going to respect my art? They just they're just here for the gaga." So back in the ring, the ravishing one starts laying in with forearms, but charges in to a big boot. So Chono takes over with a modified front face lock which Rude tries to escape with a suplex, only for Masahiro to keep hold of the lock. Chono then switches to a sleeper, but the Ravishing One escapes almost immediately with a jawbreaker, continues the attack with several face plants, double throat thrusts, and goes for a clothesline that Masahiro ducks, and turns and applies the sleeper once again. It's a beautiful little segment. Rude attempts to escape again with the jawbreaker, but Chono releases the hold mm-hmm, yes. long enough for it not to affect it, and then just puts it right back on. It's fucking awesome. He's smart, yeah. Masahiro. Mm-hmm. The Ravishing One finally does escape the hold by getting Masahiro in a pinning predicament, forcing him to release it. And the two with some mat wrestling until Chono hits a shinbreaker, starts attacking the leg with kicks and holds, Another shinbreaker before locking on the figure four. But Rude is able to turn it over, only for Masahiro to turn it back, forcing the Ravishing One to get to the ropes 
to break the hold. Yeah, I do like that we get a little Dusty Watts cam, just which is fun because it's like oh, like the you know the commentary is like oh, there's Dusty Watts and or Dusty Dusty Watts, <laughs> Dusty Rhodes and Bill Watts, which it's fun. They're like that's the Booker. <laughs> They're exposing the the U.S. business because we can't understand the language. Chono's focusing everything on the leg, but Rude comes out of the corner with a clothesline and climbs to the top rope, which Masahiro meets him there to press slam him off to the mat. Chono with a half crab working on the hurt leg before switching to a modified STF, but the ravishing one powers out to get to his feet. Rude then with a pile driver, so Masahiro rolls out to the floor, only for the ravishing one to follow out running Chono into the guardrail before rolling him back in, going up to the top rope and coming off with a single axe handle and doing some gyrating. Rude must gyrate. Gyrate, yeah. Rude locks on a camel clutch as the crowd tries to fire up Masahiro with chants. Chono, Chono, (laughs) Chono. Shinya Hasamoto and Kijimoto are at ringside cheering on their fellow Three Musketeer. And Chono picks up the Ravishing One onto his shoulders from the clutch, dropping him with an electric chair slam, followed by a drop kick, and comes off the top rope. But Rude sidesteps him and goes up to the top as well to deliver a missile drop kick for a two count. The Ravishing One then hits a DDT, a swinging neckbreaker, and goes back to the top rope. Again, Masahiro is up to meet him, hitting a superplex, and makes the cover for a two count. Chono's up to the top rope, but Rude is there to meet him, and hits a superplex as well for the pin, and no, Masahiro kicks out. A tombstone pile driver is set up by the Ravishing One, but Chono reverses and hits it for a near fall. Rude reverses an Irish whip to apply a sleeper, only for Masahiro to have learned a trick from Steamboat, where he walks up the ropes and launches himself backwards to land on top of the Ravishing One for a two count. I love the the like call back to literally like what two shows, two shows. ago. Yeah, the two start trading kicks and clotheslines, only for them both to be down. Chono's up first and hits a back body drop, applies the STF, but Rude is too close to the ropes and breaks it up. Another pile driver from the Ravishing One and goes up to the top, coming off with a knee drop for the pin, and no! Masahiro kicks out again! Back to double throat thrusts, but Chono reverses an Irish whip to hit a back body drop, locks on the STF in the middle of the ring. Rude's crawling and makes it to the ropes, rolling out to the floor. But Chono goes out to retrieving, hits an insiguri, and goes for an Oklahoma roll pin for a near fall. The Ravishing One then sends Masahiro out to the floor by tugging on his tights. But Chono is right back up to the top rope to hit a flying shoulder tackle for the pin and the win. And new! Post-match, Muda and Shinya jump into the ring to celebrate with Masahiro as streamers, and the fans are going crazy. Yeah, of course they are. There's like 12,000 of them. And see, I was happy to read that it was a 
is it Mudo? Is that how it's pronounced? Muda? Mudo? Mudo. Okay. It's Keiji Mudo, Mudo, and then he's the great Muda, Muda. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he is? Okay. It's the same guy, yeah. Yeah, it's the same guy. Yeah. When he's when he's a yeah. heel, he wears the face paint, and he's the great and Muda. He's when he's a face, yeah. he's Keiji Muda. I did not realize that. Okay. Well, A, that explains why he looked vaguely familiar to me. Yeah. And B, that was all some of the movies you've seen. looking at him thinking, that looks like the guy that he fought last time. But I'm going <laughs> to think that because it just makes me sound like I'm saying that people look the same. And yeah, no, face paint on. You were right. You yeah, were correct. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. Woo! See what happens when you don't take notes? You notice people's faces on TV. <laughs> Chono is presented with the NWA's World Heavyweight Championship belt. Big goal. Placing it around his waist, is given a big check and <sighs> several trophies. You know what I love? Because Japanese people love trophies. <laughs> And a big check. I love a big check. I, I think I, that I, we I should bring the big check back. Because I think that if they started talking about money in wrestling, maybe it would be more interesting than a lot of the angles that I see here in the U.S. Let's get down to it. What are the, let's, let's talk some yeah, law. Yeah, because most of these angles are about nothing, or I can't figure out the logic between them. So put some damn money on the line. Or at least fake money. That check. He, Mudo did not... Or not Mudo. Chono did not bring that check into... The, first the Japanese bank of, credit the first union. Bank, first Bank of Tokyo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the president of New Japan Pro Wrestling makes a speech. It's in Japan, or it's in Japanese. Japanese, so no clue what he said. And then all the wrestlers that were in the ring grab Masahiro and begin tossing him up in the air. <laughs> that I loved. Yeah. It's like I was at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> they all take photos with all of them. Like, it's it's a big, like, celebration. It's, the end, it's also the NWA, like... Title like exactly. the NWA title, like probably still meant meant something a few years ago, at least. Like it was, it's not, it's not some made up new, it's not a new title, and it's not some like, you know, the WCW heavyweight title. It's the NWA heavyweight title. Yeah, it's got a damn name. It means something in wrestling. Chono then goes turnbuckle to turnbuckle to celebrate with the fans, and as he gets out of the ring, he shakes hands with Cowboy Bill Watts, Dusty Rhodes, and Hiro Matsuda. Who are at ringside before heading back to the locker room. So I ask you, gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of the G1 Climax 1992? I like wrestling. You like wrestling? I like wrestling. Me too. And this was wrestling. <laughs> this was wrestling. <laughs> no, this was wrestling. <laughs> yeah. No, no cages. No, no, no phantoms. No um, stupid run-ins. Yeah. No, no. Uh, Measuring titties. It was an athletic contest. Great measurements. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and and the crowd was into Tremendous. it. It's like, oh, if you treat it, if you treat it like it deserves to be treated, then and wrestle to the best of your ability, then maybe twelve thousand people will show up. Yeah. Come on, guys. Put on a show that come, come on. the entire audience instead of the one dipshit asshole that sits up in the uh, the booth. Yeah, yeah, you you actually come up with a good show. My God, but you know that's that's why I always say the only wrestling I watch anymore is New Japan because I don't care about the the fru fru anymore. I, I like watching the old fru fru, but I have no room for new fru fru. So I, I got some room to fru, but <laughs> not not fru fru, just fru. <laughs> so I'm gonna rude in R- these two matches rules really opened my eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, including, if we include some of the last couple shows that we've watched. Yeah. Like, Rick Rude's killing it right now. Exactly. 
and he's shown how great of a performer he is. Totally. These three matches that we've just watched were very, very good. And they were all different from uh, different enough from each other. Exactly. Which is kind of surprising. And the final is just outstanding. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a New Japan... Like, it's a New Japan title match. Exactly. This is what people... This is why what people expect and uh most of the time it delivers which is why people keep showing up for that promotion if they like this style of thing so if you can find the full matches somewhere find them watch yeah. them where did you they you, are great you got them on like we found I, them. I, I i i did have to look they they had the the first one the rude what was the other guy's name First match, Sasaki. Sasaki, yeah. yeah. That one I found on YouTube because I was just looking to see through there. I'm sure there are yeah. probably some on YouTube, but, but there are highlight video, like yeah, edited down versions of almost every single match from this tournament on Daily Motion. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back through and, and watch some of these edits because I, I want to see uh, Austin and Arn, and there's a plenty of other names in there that I'd like to see as well. But those two names next to each other, I was just like, ah, them in Japan. Not, you know, I know that Ole Anderson's not going to do a ref turn in the middle of the match <laughs> in on a second, on like the second match of the card because, because Southern wrestling. <laughs> Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. So what are some of y'all's favorite moments, best moments from this show? Just, uh. Chono. All of those pinfall attempts. Yeah, the start of the pinfall attempts. And also, I didn't even think about this. The pinfall attempts set up the Chono kicks later, and then the Chono kicks and drop kick returns in the third act. It's like first, second, third act. They probably did it equal amount of times because they're smart men. But yeah, those three things, is like the pin attempt, which I forgot about until you said it, totally sets that all up. That's, that's like, oh, like, that's why that's why the thing at the end where I'm like, they kicks him and then he drop kicks him and then he kicks him and he drop kicks him. And it's like, that sounds silly. It's like, oh, no, they already they already put it in your brain in the first 30 seconds of the fucking match. Yeah. And I didn't even realize it until right now, because when wrestling is good, your brain turns almost off completely and you're just into it. Yeah. And you're not like looking for the faults or whatever. It like Absolutely. when it whenever it becomes real. Was shaking your head made a noise yes. because yeah. that's what I'm yeah. continuously Yeah, doing. I only watch wrestling because when it becomes real and I forget what I'm watching and I'm like yelling at the television, then that's when they did it right. When it's like, oh, okay, like I know that it's all predetermined, but whenever I don't, whenever that doesn't matter anymore, when it just like are, is not a thought anymore, that's the whole point for me. It's what Absolutely. I, that's what I'm chasing all the time. And it only happens maybe a couple times a year. <laughs> anymore but when it does like that's what keeps keeps me coming back and the more often that it happens the you know more excited or more often i watch new product so get it together america <laughs> so shane it was your first trip to japan it was what were your favorite moments i've got a few the start to the the rude chono match the just the the whole national anthem national anthems part I really like that. That just, it was a totally different thing. Made it like a big fight feel. Yeah, a big fight feel. It had a very Olympic feel. It just, it it felt like it was a match that mattered. 
Um, I hope that the G1 this year has uh, has a crowd, and we'll just be like, Shane, I'll send you some links. Because <laughs> it'll be the greatest. If COVID's still going on and there's no events to go to, you'll have plenty of time to watch the G1, and it'll be great. The Wow, there's too many moments in the the second match. Just the, the two of them were... They could be a, a fight forever contender, and I'd be happy with it. Oh, yeah. The Chono Muda, because they know each other, know so, each other well, so well. So well, And yeah. it's, yeah. And then there's, like, of course, also the mutual respect. And, of course, we all know Chono is, like, he's the ace of New Japan at yeah, the moment. he's the guy right now. Yeah. And then from, I don't know, the, you had mentioned it earlier, the, uh, the relationship with Rude and Medusa. Oh, I love that! It's because we've been seeing it in WCW, and it's 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 different. It's different. Yeah, it's different. It's different, but it makes sense. But it's even it's even the same in a way that a lot of pairings don't. Yeah, and then it almost gets you to that point where your brain is wondering, is there something going on here? Yeah, yeah. They're they're, also like they're like best friends who could. They're heels in Japan and heels in the U.S., but the two of them together feel like they actually care about each other. Which yeah. is kind of wonderful. See, I love it's like, ah, oh, then that adds depth to both of their characters, even if it's not like it's not so in your face, but it's more meaningful that way. And you won't even like I don't even didn't even really appreciate it until I've seen it, you know, on a few shows in a row, and I'm like, oh, okay, like I know there was something that I liked here, and now I know exactly what it is. I liked hearing the audience react to Medusa as well just because I mean she's known in the states but I mean she got her big claim to fame over in Japan and hearing them react to her yeah it's it's awesome because Maybe. she doesn't really get to do anything over in the states other than just I'm sure eye candy which kind of was what she was there but she has a history there so when her name was said the crowd reacted and yeah got the pop that she should have it'll be Finally. fun I'm sure we'll watch a like uh, Medusa I don't know if that's on a pay-per-view, but like Medusa Bull Nakano, yeah. that's a cool-ass match. That's, yeah, it's good stuff. And I'm sure that their matches in Japan are better, but there's the there's the one WWF one that's like pretty fucking great. Yeah. Anything, I guess it's a lunch place. Sorry. <laughs> anything disappointing at all? No. I mean, this is, what, a 90, less than 90 minutes of solid wrestling? The yeah. first match... There was just a little too much slow, slow moving and that, spots. That might be a little bit because Suzuki's getting up there in age, yeah. so yeah. he has to work a little bit of a slower. I think a pace. lot of it had to do with the fact too that there wasn't. I'm used to commentary, so there wasn't. So I was just having to sit that's, there watch. That's totally understanding because yeah. you saw the trap hole and you're like, oh no, <laughs> not a trap hole. Yeah, we do like to point out those travels. Don't we? <laughs> it's my fault. I hate them. Yeah, other than uh, that, no, there wasn't much. The entire yeah. reason why I point out Tessa Strengths now because Shane hates them. Yeah. yeah. The um, Tessa Strengths are my trap holes. What can I say? The the um, also Rude kind of had a visual pin in this match too. He went King Kong Rude for a moment, where he like counted with the ref. Yeah. I mean, I guess it wasn't a visual pin, but like. You know, he counted a little bit faster, but he was doing his hand with him, and uh, it was smart. And you know, made it feel like it's like I know Rude's not going over. We're in Japan. Like, what the hell? Why would that happen? But and then he did, <laughs> and you were like, "What is going on?" What? 
Second best in the world? <laughs> How about best performer? Is it... I, I gotta go with Rude. I, I mean, I think it's Rude, too. Cause, I mean, Rude's my dude. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't Ru- think... Rude just, like... Did, he's, he yeah. did it for me. He's, I mean, he's show. been, like, I've been I mean, super... we know Chono and Muta are great. Yeah. We know that. They're technically better than Rude, but they're not... But Rude has the performer part that is so much... I mean, he, honestly, too important he sometimes in, 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 in U.S. He had in business. his hand yeah. booing him for everything he was doing. And Even though he's yeah. doing, like, moves that normally would get cheered. Yeah, he's also doing it in front of twice the amount of a sold-out yeah. WCW show at the time. Damn, damn, Rude. So it sounds like you were surprised that Rude made it to the final? Uh, I mean, yeah, just because initially I didn't. I don't know what to expect from G1 matches anyways, just because I had never watched one. So having somebody that I recognized on there, was it was a good intro to the, the whole Japanese. To that style yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. And then I didn't expect him to go beyond that just because I figured it was, you know... Oh, they, so they're going to have a, 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 a Japanese final, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Even though if it was, you know, even though it was the NWO championship, from, for some reason it didn't really register in my brain that he had a chance to make it to the end. I just assumed he was there in the, the semifinals and then would be kicked out before then. And no, he gave me a reason to to want to hang on more. It's I'm better for gonna... Rude to lose in Japan than for... Like one of the Japanese guys too. Absolutely. But if Muda can come and, and lose three matches in one night in WCW, no Rude shit. can go and lose. No one. shit. <laughs> Good fucking point. I think you just brought up uh, Michael's heartbreak. It's okay. Once again. Sorry. Yeah, it's I, fine. I know we're. It's fine. Hey, we're we're smarking it up. After, so why not? Yeah. After um, <laughs> Rude Steamboat, Rude can do whatever he wants. I'll even give him one slur. I mean, I'll go. I'll go. Is that one of the surprising things that he actually got a slur? That was not. That was not surprising at all. (laughs) We've watched some shows uh, that have said some, you know, arguably, uh, arguably more offensive things in my opinion. True. Uh, you got a guy wrestling in blackface that says a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even need. We didn't even need words in the U.S. to get more offensive than this. It's Chono. It's uh, you know, Mudo, but it's. Right now, we're all high on Rude. We've had a Rude Awakening. Oh, snap. And now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The Dusty Finish. About a year into Bob Backlund's run as champion, the WWWF would become the World Wrestling Federation. The WWF Championship would be held by Backlund for over five years until the Iron Sheik would defeat him when the champion's manager, Arnold Scotland, threw in the towel while Backlund was in the camel clutch on December 26, 1983 There's at your Madison style. Square Garden. The Iron Sheik, born in 1942 in Tehran, Iran, grew up in a working-class family. He would grow up idolizing Iranian Olympic gold medalist wrestler Glamoreza Takidi, which led him to becoming an Olympian himself in 1968. He would move to the U.S. and become an assistant coach for the wrestling squads in the early 70s. Vern Gagne would then invite Sheik to come train and be in the same class as Ric Flair. He would soon adopt his signature look and begin wrestling 
all across the country as a notorious heel. He would later go on to train such names as Ricky Steamboat, Jim Brunzel, and Greg Gagne. For his accomplishments in the world of wrestling, the Iron Sheik is an NWA and WWE Hall of Famer. Sheik's reign wasn't long, as he would soon see the beginning of the mania no. that would change Don't do wrestling. It. Don't do it. Break his leg. Break his leg. Forever. Fuck you, terror. Yeah. Old Sheiky baby, the, the pointy-toed king. The man who would become Mustafa. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, break his leg. Anybody could have done what Hulk did. They just needed to be big. Next week, SummerSlam 1992. And uh, we're going, insert British accent, overseas. I don't think I can do a British accent. I was like, where was he? I don't think I said insert. I was like, that was for you. Overseas. Yeah, that's my that's my um like my screenplay the uh, <laughs> notes. Hello, governor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, um, no. Chim chim chiru. Yeah. Okay. Bottom all right. Things. Beans on your eggs. Eggs there's, on your beans. <laughs> there's eggs on my beans. <laughs> Music from this week's show is The Score by Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Oh, what? That's the theme song for New Japan. I did not know that. You know, the first band I ever saw live was Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Open for Jethro Tull. And the song you're hearing right now is Fantastic City by Asamu Suzuki, which is Masahiro Chono's theme song. It's a fun little tune. If you like this show or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. Do as Michael always says. Five stars. Or? Or, you know, do like I say and shoot us a message on no, Twitter. No, or no stars. Uh-huh. But yes, shoot Shane a message. He'll get back to you. He's, yeah, he's good at this. Yeah. Email, email us. Email us. us. I need ideas for food. We're going to, to London next week, damn it. Give me, give me some ideas. I told you to put beans on my eggs. Huh? Perhaps, but I want to hear what they think. <laughs> but you can hit us up there at at gmail.com or on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm. Governor. Hey. Cheers.